What's going on, everyone? Special episode today. I sit down with Steve Burnett. So if you don't know who Steve Burnett is, he is a painting business guru. Uh, he is the head of DYB Coach, uh, which is a collective community of hungry painting business owners uh, all coming together and learning uh, the DYB system. Uh, I highly endorse Steve. I actually learned a lot from Steve. Um, the hiring, the some of the marketing, um, you know, really just how they create culture. I mean, these were some foundational things uh, that I learned and put into play in my own business. So for me, this was really cool to sit uh, across from uh, Steve and kind of just chat a little bit about his story, what DYB is really about, and his heart for uh, wanting to help others succeed, uh, everything that I resonate with. So I uh, think you're going to really, really like this. Now, before uh, I get off this intro here, I want to let you know that in the description, there is a link to join DYB. I highly suggest you join it because it's only $1. So uh, Steve's that committed to uh, just showing you how cool it is. Just for $1, you can join his community. So there's a link below uh, this podcast to join. And really what you're going to get is access to all the modules of really just things that you probably haven't even learned uh, because they are part of his unique uh, strategy for growing your business. So Steve is a successful painting business owner that winded up selling his business. So you're a lot of information here, wealth of knowledge. So I highly suggest you join DYB and uh, you get your notepad out for uh, Steve and I's interview. Thank you so much for listening to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Let me get to the group. All right. All right. We are live and I am uh, going to make sure we can pin this at the top of the group here. Usually takes a second to wake up. Here we go. Pinning it to the features here. Awesome. And what I'm going to do also uh, before we get started is I have a link uh, here that I'm going to be posting uh, in the comments. And that link is after I'm sure we hear from Steve here, uh, you may want to learn a little bit more. Uh, about what Steve offers and uh, how his business operates. So I put a link in the comments for you if you want to uh, get started with that. So uh, welcome, everyone. I'm here with uh, Steve Burnett of DYB. I wrestled him in. Uh, this was pretty cool because, uh, you know, Steve, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. I actually Thank was you. part of your program, learned a tremendous amount from what you do. And it's interesting, man. You're pretty low key, I will say. I mean, and I think you know that as well. And oh, it's yeah. cool because what you teach is organic reach, <laughs> be honest with you. And then mm -hmm. most of the people that find you, including myself was through an organic channel. Um, so that, that's just really neat. But anyway, getting the word out about you, um, you know, I sing your praises. I think what you've built is great friends with a lot of people that are in your program. So the first thing I want to do is kind of just, uh, give you the floor. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what is DYB and, uh, why should a painted contractor know about it? Ooh. Okay. Well, first, thank you. Um, for that intro. I appreciate that. And uh, it's an honor. You're right. I am low key. I, in fact, this is the first pod podcast I've done ever. And uh, first video or public presentation I've done. I retired from public speaking about four years ago because naturally I'm an introvert. I uh, I love to research. And so I don't care for the limelight. Natu um, yeah. However, happy to do this for you. Uh, we Thank got back you. in just in time after camping long weekend. So Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, story. So originally started off in Michigan. I am a high school dropout, uh, about 15 years old, started learning the trade of painting from my father. And at 17, I had everything figured out, just like uh, all uh, teenage boys do. I knew, knew it all and moved out on my own. And then at 19, <clears throat> I thought that there might be a better way to build a business, you know. So I started my first painting company in Michigan at 19 and uh, got going. Um, got married, had a couple kids, and uh, nine years later, things were really struggling. This was, um, what, about 04? So it was after 9-11. The uh, Big Three in Michigan got hit really hard. Uh, we had about eight painters at the time, and I forget how old I was, 25, 27-ish. And um, things were really tough. Uh, but then I heard about a hurricane that came through and wiped out a town in Florida called Punta Gorda. Never been to Florida before. 
But uh, wife and I decided, hey, why don't I take some guys down and uh, help out? So we loaded up a van and drove all the way down. We arrived in Punta Gorda, Florida at about 11 a.m. It's a funny name. Um, Big Point, I believe it means. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Fat Point. Uh, fat Point. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. move, move in. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Uh, landed about 11 a.m. Now, I remember cause it was hot. It was so hot out, you know, coming down from uh, yeah. Michigan. We, we drove out. December 30th, it was uh, four degrees and eight inches of snow. And when we landed, it was like 80 degrees and we were just like sweating 11 a.m. And just got to work. But um, after being there for a few days, we had I'd, I'd never been to Florida before. I got there and I looked around and I'm like, wow, palm trees. And we were, yeah. you know, the beach was just down the road. And yeah. so I called my uh, wife at the time and I said, hey, it's, it's awesome down here. I said, you know, the economy's kind of in the dumps in Michigan right now. Um why, you know, we, I think we should move down here and start over. And she said, well, I think that's a great idea. And I said, you do? Nice. Never, yeah. She goes, yes, I think you should. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so shortly after she split, she found somebody else, she split. However, uh, I stayed and I got two little kids. They were Stephen and Nadia were five and seven at the time. And it was cool because there was plenty of hurricane work. Yeah, so I got them plugged in school, found a place for us to stay, and here I am in paradise. Well, uh, didn't plan for this, but six months later, because a lot of other guys heard about the opportunity to help out around here, uh, everything got taken care of, rebuilt, and painted after being wiped out in six months. So six months later, uh, all the painting was done. Wow. Um, yeah, so Quick. I thought, oh, my goodness, here I am committed to Florida. We're 1,250 miles away from all friends and family, back up in Michigan, all contacts. And um, and I thought, well, I can't give up. I've got these two little kids. You know, yeah. a lot of people say, well, Steve, that's amazing. And I, said, well, I had a couple little kids. If I didn't have them, I don't know. I might end up in a bar like everybody else, you know. Wow. So, um, But I did. I had them. And so I went and started going door to door. Just knock, knock, knock. Can I paint your house? No. Knock, knock. Can I paint your house? Uh, Get off my lawn. Can I paint your house? You want some water? Yes, please. Thank you. Because in yeah. July and August, it was hot. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, finally, the Bennett's were the first one that said yes. Really? And uh, I remember going in. They had great big uh, they had great big uh, headshots on their wall, like corporate headshots from the 80s. I'm like, oh, I got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. So I went in there and I said, you know, pardon me, what you know, headshots, where are they from? They're like, well, we're retired sales executives. I'm like, nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I appreciate your, your yes. hustle. That's yes. Cool. And they were my end to that neighborhood. And so they introduced me to some others. And then I just kept going door to door. You know, I'd paint one door to door, find a helper and uh, just kept going and grinding it out uh, like that. But about that time, just as a quick aside here, I was at my wits end, kind of just before that, or right around then. And I remember this story of King Solomon and I didn't have anywhere else to go. Uh, uh, you know, my father had passed away and my mother wasn't doing well. Um, and I really had nobody else to lean on. So I started asking for wisdom. I started praying for wisdom. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. You know, now I'm still waiting for the wisdom to come. Okay. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> but what did come was an insatiable desire to read and to learn. Now I've got to qualify this. I've never read a book before this time. In fact, I'm a high school dropout. You know, the reason yeah. is, is because I just kept failing everything. They'd pass me along. But um, so I just started reading and pounding through books and pounding through books. And, and that's even still today is my greatest hobby is to research and to synthesize all of the uh, actionables and to streamline them into systems. So I just started reading books and implementing, going door to door, knocking, going to seminars. And and that was how, you know, acquired some mentors later on. And then a couple uh, years later, you know, we get going a couple years later. And then uh, my daughter, Nadia, she's about eight or so about the time. And she comes up to me. She says, Daddy, I think that you should find a new wife. And so really... So why is that? She says, well, we've been talking, her and her brother, who was two years older than her. She says, we don't want you to be lonely. And I said, well, honey, I, said, I don't know if you noticed, I haven't had time to be lonely. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of busy learning how to breed your hair through YouTube videos and oh make dinner with hamburger helper because I, yeah. I didn't know how to cook. You know, I've always yeah. worked. And um, and so I uh, tried online dating and Match.com was really bad. And then eHarmony <laughs> was supposed to find me. It's my perfect uh, match. And yeah. uh, well, they didn't find anybody. So I gave up paying for those services and I, I didn't know how else I was going to find uh, somebody or even if I should, I was, I was pretty yeah. busy. But then an ad uh, came across on Facebook back when Facebook used to run ads on the side for freechristiandating.com. And uh, so I said, well, let's give it a shot. It's free and uh, she might be a Christian. And so I did. And uh, sure enough, long story short, uh, we connect, uh, April and I connected and um, on October 1st of 08 and then by April 3rd of 09. 
two became one. So four, wow. three, four, three, two became one. We got married, you know, within six months of first contact online. And then that's the real secret sauce. Okay. Yeah. So that part's not in the book, but uh, I hit the wife lottery. Like yeah. big time. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you say that a lot. I'm like, I love that. It's so oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. Uh, not only is she awesome and she's smart, but she's encouraging, you yeah. know, every day she's like, you've got this, you can do it. You know, and she's given me that reputation to live up to and uh, an encouragement all the way. Plus, she's brilliant and uh, beautiful and, and just the whole complete package yeah. for me. So yeah. very grateful for her. And then once April got on, we just um, we just, we, you know, really took off. And that's, you know, the rest of the story is kind of in the book of all the technical steps or whatnot. And sure. uh, once uh, Burnett Painting blew up. We did a lot of unique things. We call them ABAs, you know, in the system. It's step uh, six ads that look like anything but advertising. And word uh, about those got around. I think it was my Hulk Hogan commercial that really tipped. And um, tell, uh, tell me about that. What is the Hulk Hogan? I haven't heard that. What is, what is that? <laughs> so um, I would do these. They're called remarkable presentations. I call them remarkable because Seth Godin says, if the marketplace isn't talking about you, it's because you're boring. And you're boring on purpose because it's safe. Mm. Now, I was sitting at my desk. I had a couple crews on the field. And that felt like a punch in the gut because the marketplace wasn't really talking about us. Now, it doesn't mean you're bad. What it meant was we were professional. We were doing everything we were supposed to do. I never pushed any of the lines. I never took any risk or chances. Yeah. I just did everything professionally. But after mm -hmm. I read that quote from Seth Godin, the gloves were off. It's, rough. It, yeah. it's on like Donkey Kong. Yes. And uh, in fact, so the uh, definition to remarkable that Seth Godin says is that others remark about you. Right. So if you just do a professional service, that's expected. But uh, in the marketing or in services, if you exceed expectations, they'll tell your neighbors about you. If you're networking, if you exceed expectations, they'll laugh and entertain them. They'll remind, remember you and tell others about you. So the first thing I did was I went to a uh, Venice Chamber event. I had just joined the Venice Chamber. This is probably 2011. And I was nervous as could be. We're at a country club um, gathering, and there are about 90 of us in there. And as they start the microphone going around for the chamber lunch, everybody's introducing themselves and standing up, and everybody's giving the same. And this is no criticism to them because right. this used to be me too. And they can stand up, and they get the same, wah, 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 right? Yeah, this is what I do. This is who I am, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing. So 90 people, right? They'll you know, have one like <laughs> – <laughs> you know, and rightly so, because it's, it's you know, it, everybody was everybody was safe. Right. Yeah. So I had this idea, but I talked myself out of it. However, and this is where it all started. One of my competitors was there. And I went, oh, now I've got to do it because yeah. they stood up and did the want, 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 want. And they did a nice job. Right. Very professional, very safe. So I had uh, I think it was a flip cam back then with me just in case. And I took it and I recognized um, a guy from the pest control company a couple tables down and I tossed it over to him. I said, Hey, capture this just in case it works. <laughs> he goes, what? I said, just record it just in case it works. So I stood up and uh, here I am in front of 90 professionals. Most of them are not, you know, 90 small businesses, most of them are professionals, you know, suits yeah. and, and ties. And here I am this painting contractor and, you know, I'd, I had black slacks on and, and a uh, polo shirt, but sure surely wasn't tied up like the rest of them. Yeah. And, uh, and I stood up, and I had two props with me. So everybody will have to use your imagination. I stood up and I said, hey, my name is Steve with uh, Burnett Payne, home of the nine-year material and labor warranty. Now, I um, have you heard about the new swimsuit body paint by Benjamin Moore? And then I called out in the audience. I said, Rory, now I know what you're thinking. What does swimsuit body paint and house painting have in common? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you're all about sporting that thong, and then I would uh, pull up an artist brush. You know, I said, or if you're wide bodied and then I had an 18 inch, you're in Florida. So, you know what an 18 inch uh, uh, nap with uh, the big uh, uh, fabs. What are those fab naps? Uh, inch and a half ratted out nap. I mean, just the monster roller, right? That we use for exterior stuff goes out here. And I pulled it up. I said, or if you're wide bodied, we've got your back. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And so. And everybody went nuts, right? Because it was just after, yeah. you know, after 90, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they all went nuts. And in fact, it was the um, uh, 
the it was the um, larger women who came up to yeah. me afterwards. I thought they were going to punch me, smack me, curse <laughs> me out. They were the ones who were laughing the loudest. Okay. They said that was the funniest thing we've ever seen. You know? Oh my gosh! And so, uh, so okay, <laughs> uh, and then that encouraged me to do another one. And so I just kept doing them. I, one 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 time I sang Sinatra. You know, fly me to networking at noon, or you know, and I pulled out a color blue. And, and I forget how they're on yeah. YouTube. A lot of these are on YouTube. I did magic tricks. I sing. Uh, you know, remember Sir Mix a Lot's uh, "Baby Got Back." Yeah. Well, this one was, I like referrals and I cannot lie. You realtors can't deny when a hot lead walks in, no time to waste with this Rolex in your face. You get dumb. You want to pull up tough because you notice that wallet was stuffed deep in the jeans he's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Tanner tried to warn me too many referrals may make me rap corny, but yo, that's just my story. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I love so that. I had the sunglasses and the hat. Yeah. But it's almost <laughs> uh, like they started probably looking forward to it, man. Every time, every time you did one of these, right? The warning, there, there comes the pressure, right? Every right. walk in, they're like, you gotta, you gotta do? outdo what it. Do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. So, and I would brainstorm a lot of these with yeah. my family at the dinner table. I'd have an idea or with my mastermind group, yeah. uh, the Monday 20, I'd brainstorm them with them. And like, you'd be surprised how fast you can pull it right together. Um, and then, uh, and then the one that tipped was Hulk Hogan. So you'd have to, I think you'd have to see it. You know, you just, you just uh, search Burnett painting Hulk Hogan, Steve Burnett on YouTube, and you'll I'm see it on the Burnett painting it. YouTube channel. And I came in this, uh, we were at a restaurant called Sharky's Pier. It's right on the beach. I come in with a great big black overcoat that I still had from Michigan yeah. from the cold days. Yeah. I had to dust it off. And uh, I had a bandana on, band, bandana on too. And I, had, I think I had that covered up. And so I'm sitting there in the middle of the crowd and oh, everybody around me like, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? I said, just wait, 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 you'll see. And I had my friend Andy, who uh, is actually English. Um, I had him play the role of Mean Gene. And I wrote his script out for him. I had it on the desk and I jumped out and I just did a whole uh, Hulk Hogan script with with Andy. If you just think of a mean gene, he's 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 English. He's proper. He's the total yeah. opposite of like yeah. Hulk Hogan, you know, and I'm walking on. Let me tell you something, mean gene, you know. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> he said, what do you come down here for? for? Say, uh, uh, Bells is having a sale on tights. Well, that's tight. I said, well, uh, he says that that and sale on tights. Well, let me let me tell you something else, Mean Gene. And that's Burnett Painting's nine-year material labor warranty. And let me spell it out so it's real simple, Mean Gene. That's P-A-I-N and whatever. In you know? <laughs> <laughs> costume, you know, just full yeah. like yeah. And uh you got pretty good hold voice, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and somebody even shared it to his page and That's he lives, uh, you probably, he's just up in St. Pete. He's not far uh, uh, from us. So yeah, far from you even. I don't know if you ever seen yeah, him rolling around know. on his uh, moped. He? Hulk Hogan. He's up oh, in St. Pete. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, no yeah, way. Yeah, his page? That's too funny. Yeah. You'll see him rolling around on his moped. Just say, what's up, brother? And then, so that was one of the tips that kind of got around and, yeah. you know, uh, uh, ben Moore Corporate reached out to me, and uh, and then PDCA at the time, uh, Richard Green was the CEO, and he reached out and he says, "Hey, somebody just forwarded this to me. Just got to my desk. This is hilarious. Um, you know, tell me more about what you guys are doing." And because he started to hear some things, and then they asked me to come out and speak. So I said, "Okay, sure, um, I'll do it." Scared to death. Okay, so here's here's a, uh, one of the principles we operate, and I don't have the visual here, but there's like your comfort zone and then the magic zone. Okay. And so, uh, this was definitely my magic zone scared to death. I agreed. I said, okay, I'll come out. And I got to Reno, this was 2014 and, uh, and I get there and like, Oh, we got your room taken care of. It's the, uh, presidential suite. I'm like, gosh, that's generous. You know, they're like, well, we do that for all our keynotes. I say, excuse me, a keynote. Um, I'm thinking a little breakout, you know, just me and like 12 guys and I kind of share some stuff. But um, yeah, so I said, well, I'm not on for like three days, right? And he says, yeah, I says, OK, I'm going to be up there hiding in that room because, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. I don't like the limelight. I don't want it. I'm not a natural showman. You know, it's just not me. I'd rather prop everybody else up and help them. Um, and so I did. I went down Thursday and I shared Josh Abramson was down there and, uh, you know, we both shared a lot of the unique uh, strategies we were doing. And uh, afterwards, a bunch of people came up and said, hey, do you can coach, do you consult? So everybody asked, like, how did you start this business? And I said, well, the market started it. I didn't really, I had no intention of starting this. And uh, so I started helping guys. This is February 14. And then that's when I wanted to get the 
process out of my head because I'm a process guy, but I wanted to get it out of my head. And that's why I wrote my book was to get it out of my head and then also to try to help because I'm only one person. I'm like, how can I share this and help more guys? Sure. So I get the process out of my head, wrote the book. That was published October of 14. It took me six months of uh, early morning jam sessions. Yeah. And uh, that's where you wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember those. So 60, 90 seconds in the morning, zero distractions, just focused on your one thing. And uh, six months later, I had a book written and uh, published. And then when that was when my book was published, that's when the phone really started to uh, blow up. April said, listen, you go help these guys. I run the painting company. And so we did that for uh, two months. Um, and we realized that I was flying around and she's running the painting company and we didn't really see each other. And we had built the painting company together. Oh, you were flying around while you were doing all this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going around giving presentations to all the, you know, at the time it was PDCA well, I take it chapters. The key, I think the keynote went well then, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scared to death. Scared to death. Yeah. Like, I, my leg was going, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, flying around, uh, giving presentations, speaking all across the, the United States. And then April said, um, uh, yeah, I miss you. I said, Hey, I miss you too. And, and business is fun and helping everybody else is fun, but marriage is priority for us. And so I said, you know what, let's do this. I said, let's sell the painting company or let's get the word out that we're, you know, put it out for sale. And once you come help me help these guys all in. And, man. Wow. Yeah. So we did. So that was the second time I burned the ships. You know, one was leaving Michigan. Second yeah. one was selling Burnett painting. And did you think you were ready to sell or you were just, this was a matter of like choosing marriage over your business. Yeah. Good, good question, Tanner. So it had nothing to do with marriage. It wasn't like the marriage was on the rocks. We just missed working together. And so what, what, what was up for discussion was one is we're going to work together regardless. That, that's yeah. priority number one, but two is which way. And we just thought, well, um, painting's great, but helping painters to build a successful company that's, um, for us, that's a higher value. Yeah. And a little bit more rewarding to help others to to be able to make a bunch of money, you know, because then with that, they can better their lives and they can help serve their community because, uh, you know, our mission is to build profitable businesses so they can have financial freedom, time for their families and make an impact in their community. And so our marriage wasn't an issue. We just missed working together, been two yeah. months without each other. And so, yeah, thank you. Good question. So yeah, we put hotels, it, uh, hotels get old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, they do. Uh, that was one, you know, another reason why uh, I had retired from yeah. from speaking. Not that I won't ever get back out there, but um, didn't need to after we, you know, yeah. after a year or two after we launched. Thankfully. So then you took most of it online at that point, right? So that's mm -hmm. kind of where the transition happened. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we we uh, got the word out that Burnett Penny was for sale, and a couple out of Boston said, "Hey, uh, they were one of the ones who were interested," and uh, so we selected them. And they moved down here and they're still rolling around today. Well, how does that work though? Before we get any further, mm -hmm. don't stop your story. Cause I want to hear mm -hmm. more of it. But like when it, when you sell a business in, in the painting space, you don't hear it happen often, but what you've done mm -hmm. is, and I've paid attention to this as much as I could from the outside in is that you've created a really, um, what looked to be a scalable brand, 1-800, you know, painting it's on there. I mean, you, you created like a tangible, uh, asset that could be transferred to another person. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, many people who think, well, you know, if I were to sell my painting business, what would I actually be selling a phone number, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting, man. Could you just get a little bit into that? Cause that was something sure. that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a great question, Tanner. Thank you. In fact, I have two clients right now who, uh, mitigating in the middle of an acquisition. So one of wow. them, uh, selling their company to another. And so how do you do that? How do you position, how do you set your company up for, uh, a sale, uh, for an exit um, or succession plan. And so I would say a couple uh, key elements. One is to have a strong brand. Uh, you need a very strong brand um, with uh, remarkable, uh, with the network effect, pardon me, network effect, meaning you've got referrals, passing referrals, so that you don't have to generate, you don't have to rely on uh, specific ad channels because they come and go. And this is no knock to anybody, but if you can, if you can crush what would be step five in the DYB system, and that's networking. Um, we call it ABCs of sales, and it's a rebrand of the uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross show. It says, always be closing. We say, well, always be connecting. It's yeah. all about relationships. You do a great job connecting, making relationships through Rotary, Chamber, BNI, yeah. everywhere else, and then stand up and be remarkable. 
the other component is to exceed expectations with your customers. It's not it's not good enough just to do a good job, but exceed their expectations. And you do that, and then step nine, stay top of mind, which most guys forget to do because we're so busy and we're trained to go out and get new leads. You do that, network effect will kick in. Once the network effect kicks in, you'll have more leads, referrals. You'll have more referrals than you have time to get after. So it'll all it'll it'll just be about staffing up and um, you know salesmen to capture them. So that's one component. The other one, and this one is critical, because without this one, you don't have a business. It doesn't matter how much business you're doing. You're only self-employed if you do not have your procedures documented. Mm. We had all of our procedures documented. In fact, that was how we created the cafe, the online courses that we have. You know, yeah. all the strategies are in there because we documented those. Uh, so we had very strong brand, all our procedures documented. We had network effect, which made it um, uh, a very attractive business to buy. When people say document your procedures, the mm -hmm. majority of people think, well, my standard operating procedures of how I do production, right? Like how I paint mm -hmm. a house from top to bottom. I know what you're diverting to, or at least you're emphasizing is that you didn't just document your production procedures. You documented mm -hmm. how it works at the rotary, how it works, like every area that has helped you achieve this the yeah. cookies where we get the cookies right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so that a great point tanner thank you i forget about that because yeah. uh, a big component of a great big uh focus for dyb something that's unique is that i've worked really hard to make sure that everything we talk about is working on the business okay in the business is important where the sops are but on the business is where you build the business this is where anytime you write a procedure for um, where do we get the cookies, the delicious, the, the gourmet cookies, or how do we schedule a lead? Okay, that's that's on the so when you write a procedure for how do we schedule an estimate, that's working on the business. And each time you make a, a new procedure, even each time you create a new procedure, you're working on the business. And once you get enough of them laid out, now you have a business that can operate without you. Yes, it's important in ops that you have your SOPs. But I would recommend that uh, you get your business procedures together as soon as possible before you cross the million mark. Uh, that way you can start replacing yourself at every level. And when you get to that point where you replace yourself, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in terms of did that happen to you or did you just go from operating owner to sale? Did you ever get to a point where you replaced yourself as the operating? Well, with April and I'll just. Think mm -hmm. of you too as this, you know, the same in that scenario. Did you ever have like a general manager, or did you just get to a point where it was it made sense to sell before that happened? Yeah, good question. So here was something too. Like a lot of people say, "Well, how far did you get?" I'm like, "It ain't about how far we got. We were just like we hit this yeah. hockey stick and we just hopped off the, yeah. uh, you know, the rocket, if you will." But um, so we were we ran uh, crews, and in our crews, we called them uh, helper, painter, crew lead. Um, I never, so being from the greater Detroit area, Michigan, I never went with apprentice because that's a union, union term. I'm an open yeah. shop guy. I'm a free yeah. capitalist, you know, so I just, yeah. well, we're going to stick with, with helpers or in yeah. fact, you know, back in the day, we used to call them greenhorns. Yeah. Greenhorns. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you know, uh, uh, painters and crew leads. Yep. And then from crew lead, it went estimator. And so before we sold, I, uh, in fact, had two estimators, uh, Fabrice and Steven. Um, they were awesome. They were great guys. And I, with the system, every you don't need a project manager because with the tech stack that we use and the uh, or let me just say you don't need a project manager uh, with the tech, especially tech that's available today, even like yours, especially um, the estimator can manage the own projects provided. OK, provided you have a strong culture. So, so important. Strong that, culture. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. Peter Schmidt, a uh, friend of mine. Um, um, Eric down in Naples invited me, says, I got somebody I want you to meet. And so I drove down to Naples early one morning and I get there with Peter Schultz, excuse me. He was the former CEO of Porsche and I'm um, sitting there listening to all of his stories for like two hours. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is cool. And, uh, and I learned a tip from him too. He said, you know, he, he was invited to Harvard to give a speech. I'm like, whoa. And he's, and he went through and he gave his whole culture speech for 45 minutes. And at the end he left some time for Q and a thinking, uh, these guys are going to, you know, they have questions about culture because that's what he's talking about and that's what he's there. But he said, all right, uh, let's open up for Q&A and hands went up and uh, and he said, well, uh, he said, yeah, uh, what's the you know, what do you think about the changing in the brake pads on the nine, you know, the the, the uh, 2000, whatever, 9-11. Yeah. 
uh, Carrera, and he he said he didn't have a clue. He doesn't know anything about the technical wow. issue of Porsche. He was there to change the culture, turn the culture around the company. You know? But here's the fun part. He said, he says, you know what? You guys, there are a bunch of smart young men in here. I bet somebody here knows the answer. And then hands went up and <laughs> another guy answered that. And he said, that's how he handled Q&A the whole, <laughs> the whole time there. Yeah. yeah. But after the meeting, after the breakfast, we stepped out of the restaurant. And uh, and he says, uh, Stephen, you like sports cars? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> you know? Uh, and he says, what are you driving? I said, uh, that, uh, GMC pickup over there. <laughs> and, uh, we were standing right in front of his Porsche. And, uh, he says, remember this one thing, you are the curator of your culture. Oh, now at the time I didn't appreciate it or excuse me, I didn't value it because I believed my, here was my mindset at the time is that I was just a painting contractor and we were just painters. We weren't some fancy pants corporation that had culture in man, was I wrong? You know, I was dead wrong. He's absolutely right. Culture is everything. That's your job as the, as the, as the leader is to, is to be the catalyst for the, the culture. But I, I look at culture as essentially, you know, it, it, it kind of cut and dry. It's like, do people come to work with a sense of pride greater than the fact that they're just there to make some money. And I think mm -hmm. that like you have hit on that heavily, especially even from what I've learned from you and what I hear about you, culture is huge. I think there's one thing that stood out to me that I learned from you and it's just how you approach the team chat or how you did at one point, you know, <laughs> like, what was it? Good morning, rock star. Like, you know, I mean, just like little things like that. I mean, essentially like you just, like you met, like averted to earlier about how you put people on a pedestal. I think that that didn't change. You haven't changed. I think that that's something that you, um, you you have done and done well and i think that maybe there's some business owners out there that try to take all the credit you know and mm -hmm. and don't understand the aspects of understanding you know how how human motivation works to the point where we want to give people the glory we want to help them feel mm -hmm. fulfillment and grow within our organization so what have you done in terms of culture you know because the transition in terms of your coaching do you create a certain culture within that that's related to how you did it in the painting business because that doesn't go away like you didn't just shut off the culture switch mm -hmm. you know after getting some yeah. great advice like that how do you how do you balance that in in that business mm -hmm. setting a little bit different okay. mm -hmm. yeah good question thank you so it comes back to principles really and uh you know you take principles with you wherever you go the uh the place the environment the business may change but principles stay the same these are laws true laws that, that don't go away depending on which laws that you use. So within DYB coach, uh, culture is number one. So for example, we've, you know, membership in there. And if anybody is critical, if anybody curses, uh, I'll reach out, I'll, we will delete it. I'll reach out to them, either I or somebody on the team. And uh, we'll just ask them politely not to do it again. Uh, you know, if they do, we'll have to cancel their membership. And we have, um, and it doesn't matter what level of membership they are, culture and community is number one to us. And, yeah. and we've canceled some large companies uh, and, you know, unfortunately, we have some detractors out there now because of that. But the culture is number one for us. It's the culture, so, yeah, it's the mm -hmm. North Star. So in the painting business, you look at culture. And I think that me as a painting business owner, you know, there's been times where I compromise culture for convenience. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in that position, maybe early on. I don't know if you resonate with this. Maybe not. You know, for me. Well, how, do you, well how do you mean exactly? Well, what I mean by that is that sometimes well, early on in my business, I had individuals that produced work in a, in a very strong way. Yeah, and yeah. it was convenient to keep them around because, you know, first of all, it's hard, you know, the quote unquote hard finding good help. Right. And oh, yeah. oh, the fact yeah. that, you know, their work is almost on autopilot, but the downfall mm -hmm. of that is their attitude is poor. They don't build up the teammates around them. They're, they're essentially, you know, cancerous, you know, if I yeah. could use mm -hmm. a better yeah. word. Now well, I would, pretty, pretty I accurate. You know? yeah. So, but so there's that balance of, you know, do I, you know, how do I make the leap to put culture first when culture really doesn't generate a, a, a quick return? Normally, mm -hmm. culture needs to be cultivated, yeah, you know, yeah. so how do, did you ever have something like that? Any, any stories oh, yeah. about that? And, and oh, yeah. how, how did you balance yeah. that? I think that's a sure. problem that a lot of us have. I have at least nine years of stories because that's how I did it back up in Michigan. I did it yeah. all wrong. I didn't pre-qualify. I didn't know my three P's, my target market. And I hired, uh, I hired for skill instead of character, sure. um, which is the opposite of our system. Now hire for character and then, you know, skill or train up the skill. So to your point, it's not a quick, it's not a quick turnaround. It's a longer play, but the rewards are remarkable. 
uh, when, when you go for the longer game, when you go for the culture, but we have, we've had some just machines just go through and just knock out jobs. But the problem is they knock out your team along the way. Yeah. And so, uh, while it works for the quick buck, um, it, it's not sustainable for long-term success. And now, uh, you're trapped in the hamster wheel of just constantly finding these machines. And, and then even when you find more of them, you're like, all right, well, I'll just get a, you know, a dozen of these machines, these guys just crushing it. Well, if you ever put them on a job together, they're going to crush each other and they'll both be gone, you know? Uh, so culture is number one. It's a little bit longer play, but it's not that much longer. And moreover, life is much better when culture is strong. And, um, when you hire for character, because when you hire for character, your team's looking out for each other. They're, they're, they're training each other. They're helping each other. In fact, I remember one time I stopped by the shop. I had to drop something off or pick it up. And I caught one of my leads in my shop. Uh, well, cleaning it, organizing it off the clock. Yeah. Nobody knew he was there. He wasn't looking for credit. I just said, you know, so for Brees, I'm like, Hey man, what are you doing? I'll just clean up a little bit. My wife's out of town and, and, uh, you know, shop's getting a little out of line. And, and I said, Hey, man, I checked the, you know, at the time it was timesheets. I'm like, you're not clocked in. What do you, you need to be clocked in? He goes, no, no. He goes, I, you know, I've got time. He says, I wanted to do this. Wow. I said, you sure? Like, yeah. I'm like, man, appreciate that. Thank you. You know, yeah. and that's just an example of when culture is strong, not only does uh, business work out, but they take care of you. They look after the company and the team. So it's a little bit of a longer play, but the rewards far outweigh uh, the time. How did you handle the transition of when, you know, you've built relationships. Culture is really about relationships. You know mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. I think what this really comes down to is somebody, they, they love you as a boss and a leader and they're not working for the business. They're working for you. Yeah. And you know that in, in April, you know, I'm sure they, they had a, a, an admiration for her. When you broke the news that you were selling the business, Steve, how did they react to that, man? Yeah, that <laughs> was, that was hard. That was okay, really I was hard. Like <laughs> yeah, that was really hard. Uh, what because did you do to yeah. overcome that one? Uh, so that was very hard because we didn't plan on it. It wasn't part of the vision. And I was constantly casting vision for them all the way up to that point. You know, yeah, here's the plans man. for Brent Painting. We're here. We're going to move Not there. Not only the plans the for the company, but for them individually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was at a Christmas party at our home. In fact, we, you know, uh, we had everybody over, all their families. And the, uh, the perspective um, buyers, we had them come down and we had them work with the team for I think a month to make sure the team liked them, to make sure that they got along. Uh, we wanted to make sure that it was a win-win handoff and they hit it off. So they did really well. And so we, we I broke it to them at the Christmas party. Um, one of the crew leaders kind of laughed. He's like, I knew it. I, I could tell. I'm like, well, how'd you know? You know, uh, everybody else, there were a couple guys were disappointed, you know, to be honest. It was, um, and then the others were okay. They were kind of confused or, 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 you know, weren't really sure, but we let them know that, uh, we we're still here for them. We're not, we're, you know, uh, they weren't completely on their own. If they ever had any questions and we're still, you know, we worked with, uh, the new owners for, I forget, maybe, uh, um, and it was a couple of weeks, uh, directly one-to-one -one, and then April coached them for six months. Um, afterwards, just to make sure it was a warm handoff. I'm still friends with elites today. In fact, um, most of them have gone on their own and have launched their own oh. uh, companies yet today. Okay. Mm -hmm. So wow. they reach out to me and, you know, I'm helping them. Many of them are members in the, in the DYB community as well. Too cool, man. How, um, you know, so you've built the culture, you've created the culture, you passed off the culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that to me, like that, that is what it, that's what it, you know, I mean, you, you went through it, you did it. In terms of uh, how they're doing now, how's the company doing now? Do you do they do they keep the, the same culture? Is the company mm -hmm. still successful? Is it still was it a, obviously a good investment for the for the buyers? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yes, and now they have a different leadership style. Um, so it is different. They have a new team. I don't know the team, but I do see them buzzing around, and uh, you know we chat once in a while. In fact, I just saw my neighborhood and took a picture and posted it and they had a new car, a new sales car. Nice. Um, yeah, it looked sharp. I'm like, hey, it's gotta be neat, you know. The, the it is cool. yeah. you can buy yeah. a vehicle with your name on it still. Yeah, I love kind that of, you kept the name, 
you Thank know. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, so it's fun. I'll pull up next to one of them um, at a stoplight, you know, and I just look over and kind of wave and smile. And it's one of their leads driving or whoever, you know, and they just yeah. kind of look at me like, who's this weirdo? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, it's fine. I, I understand. <laughs> I got a question not to divert too far, but when it, when it comes to subcontractors, I'm all, I'm on the employee side, man. I, cause it can't, cause when you experience that culture, you know, these people become your friends, you yeah. know, almost as close to family. You build relationships with them. You know their whole life story. You know what they've been through. You want to help them win. And that's a, that's like a huge part of my drive as a business owner. I'm sure it was yeah. for you guys as well. Yeah. I mean, at, at some point you, you know, I mean. It's fun. The it's money's going to come in. It's fun, right? So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the subcontractor model? Yeah, great question. So we have many who do both and uh, in DYB. Uh, Personally, like you just said, I, I prefer employees. I prefer the tighter relationships. Um, I, you know, it comes back to values. And now this is the way I see it. I don't, I'm not stating that those who run subs, I've, I've awesome clients who run subs and they do a great job and they love their subs. For me, th- my perspective is I value relationships over transactions. Now there's nothing wrong with making a bunch of money. I really like to make a lot of money, but moreover, I really like to help others make a lot of money, but I value relationships first. And so with that, you get tighter relationships with employees. So that's been my experience anyway. Um, but others run subs and they do a great job with it. Uh, there's one company in the Northeast. He does both. He has uh, five, six exterior sub crews, and then he's got another five interior employee crews. Nice. And yeah. so he's able to, to run that mix. Uh, you know, we would sometimes use subs to fill some gaps when we just couldn't staff up and, you know, we were booked out or once in a while we'd take on a job that was outside of our target market for a client or a friend. And if we couldn't staff it with the team, uh, we would, uh, we'd hire subs, you know, so we've used them. I just prefer employees. I prefer, you know, I put relationships yeah. first. Mm-hmm. I think you can, I think there's a way you can create culture with subs. If you have the, uh, if you built long lasting relationships, it's a survival technique for most up North, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. kind of on the personal development side, I definitely wanted to extract some of that out of you. I mean, okay. you do a lot in terms of personal development. I think even as a, you know, a, a coach of hundreds, you know, I mean, not yeah. only that, just you've been doing it for a while. You, you, you talked to us a little bit about books. You got books behind you. One thing I remember, uh, mm-hmm. is just how devoted you were, are to reading. Um, you know, so, uh, what is, what are some books that you suggest? Uh, I won't ask you your favorite cause that's not a fair question, but what are some books you Thank suggest you. for, uh, for let's just say general business, but more so mindset shift, you know, for, for those wanting to, uh, oh, he's going to reach. Here it is. This is the ultimate book on mindset. Mindset. It's, uh, it's mindset it's- by Carol Dweck. Mm-hmm. So Carol D W E C K it's called mindset, the new psychology of success. Mm-hmm. So yep. what does that book done for you? Well, so it helps me to help others understand that you either have a growth mindset or you don't. And uh, I used to not have a growth mindset. Uh, but now I understand that if it's got a, there's opportunity everywhere. There's not, no matter what, no matter what the economy, there's opportunity everywhere. Like quick caveat on the hiring situation right now. Uh, you'll hear most people say, oh, I can't hire it or it's, it's too difficult. Well, when we built Burnett Painting, we built it in the Great Recession. Through the Great Recession, when everybody said there was no work out there, the sky was falling. I wouldn't listen to them. I had to put blinders on and go out there and hustle after the market share that they let go because they believe there's nothing out there. Well, it's the same thing with hiring. There are guys out there hiring a lot of painters out there because they put the blinders on. They have the growth mindset and they're problem solvers. Obviously, the way the market looks now. This could potentially be a new reality coming soon. I feel like what you just mm-hmm. said could be some valuable information. There's people that are right. cower to, you know, the news and hear all this stuff, but there's always going to be a void that opens mm-hmm. and you took advantage of it at a, at a crucial time. So, you know, it works and I'm sure you're yeah. going to be coaching your, you know, your members to, uh, to, yeah. to take that advice. I'm sure. So here's a quick, thank you. A quick point to that. Absolutely. Is um, others are looking for social proof to whatever everybody's saying. For example, back during the Great Recession, uh, we were sitting in an RFP class uh, because we were all told that if we didn't go get certified, we were going to prison forever. So they scared us into this class and uh, we're in a big hotel room. There are about 50, 60 of us contractors in there from Southwest Florida. And I'm looking around going, 
because I didn't have the option to believe that there was no hope out there. Those two little kids and everybody's talking about how bad it is. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to prove that there is market share out there. At the time, I might have had four or six painters. And uh, I looked to one guy on my left, really nice guy. I forget his first name. I remember the name of his company. And I said, hey, so uh, bad out there, huh? And he goes, yeah. And I said, how many painters are you down to? He goes, oh, Steve, he says, we're down to 80. 80? <laughs> down 80. To 80. There was one guy. There were 50. Yeah. 60 other contractors yeah. there, right? And I'm going, oh my goodness, I can't wait to get out of here. I'm getting this market share. You guys keep talking about how bad it is out there. And I did. I just kept hustling after that market share. So that's the mindset in recession or correction that might be coming. But yeah. in regards to hiring, the mindset is everybody else believes it's you can't hire. So they're not trying that hard. Your opportunity, uh, for those you know watching, your opportunity is to know, have the right mindset and get after it. Yeah. So. Love that. Before we uh, debrief here, um, and you know, first, thanks for for all the wisdom and information you're sharing with uh, the podcast listeners, people in the group. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the DYB system, man. I think it's a huge benefit. I wouldn't have had you on here if I didn't think so. What you do is great, and it's a, it's a, it's honestly different than than what you'll find out there. So I'd like if you can give me a little synopsis on what that is and why uh, someone should click that link in the comments to uh, be a part of it. Okay, thank you. So what we did is we took. Uh, everything we did to build a very profitable business. We were clearing well over uh, 300,000 um, uh, net profit and uh, personal income. Uh, we can talk about sales, but I believe sales are for show. Profit is for dough. So I like all to right. talk about what really matters. Um, and we documented all those processes and procedures and we put them in an online course that's affordable for everybody and anybody who's willing to put in the effort and it's, you know, $49 a month. You can have access to all those. You get access to the DYB community. Once you're in um, and you get to experience the community, if you want more, there's uh, group coaching. And um, then once you're in group coaching, we call them mastermind groups modeled after uh, the Monday 20, which is my original yeah. mastermind group that I used to build Burnett painting. Uh, and then after that, there's, you know, one-to-one -one coaching, and uh, we've got retreats, events, and on-sites and whatnot. But initially, you know, the first step for everybody we recommend are to get in the community and check out all the courses. Uh, our warranty guarantee has always been if it's not awesome, we'll give your money back. It's no problem. Yeah. When it comes to the benefits, I think that the masterminds have such a huge benefit. My good friend Skyler's in one. Mm -hmm. Seth, you know, I mean. Yep. Skyler and Seth, they're both in OMG. One. We call it the original mastermind group. It was oh, the first nice. one we started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're one yeah. of the, are they the first. Cool. Well, they're in the first one. They weren't one of the yeah. first members, but they're in the first group yeah. that we ever launched. So, yeah. so many people that I connect with. I mean, it's just in terms of being around other people, it's kind of like the benefit of being in the group. You hear other people's stories, but on a very, very, you know, I would say you go deep. Level. You, go you, deep, go deep, you can you know? share everything. Yeah, yeah. Financials to personal problems. Yeah. To there's no, com there's really no competition, right? This, you know, some no. people might say, well, I don't want to share my secrets. Well, you know, you got to be open. You got to listen yeah. to what people yeah. are doing and people more often than not are probably be willing to share. Yep. So Steve, listen, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. What you're doing for the community is great. I felt uh, called to get your name out there. I just, you know, I think uh, what you offer is great. I did have the pleasure of being a part of what you, uh, what you offer. I learned a ton. I think I made so many great hires because of you. Um, mm. and you know, the culture, you know, I don't quite do the cookies. I tried, uh, but my wife wanted to bake them and it got a little too overwhelming. Uh, but I, I, I do believe in what you do, um, mm. and what you teach and the culture that you, uh, that you provide now before, before we go, um, there's always been this little itch that I've had and not, mm -hmm. not with you personally, but again, just kind of like how growing a business essentially, um, without buying leads is one of your strongholds. When you're first starting out, you know, I think like it's kind of tempting, right? It's like, you know, you have marketers coming at you from every angle and things have changed since 10 years ago when mm -hmm. there wasn't really these options. Do you still hold firm in especially like a startup uh, to be able to implement some of the things that you teach to get the ball rolling quickly? Maybe, you know, maybe we, like again, like door knocking, like is that still, you know, your your North Star in terms of how to how to get it done early on? Okay. So great question. Thank you. Uh, door knocking. Don't recommend it. Uh, not, this is before I understood how to network properly. Um, and, and, and those who do uh, consider networking, make sure you buy Bob Berg's book, Endless Referrals, uh, right here. And you only have, have to read that. the first That's seven chapters. Book, isn't it? No. So it's, 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 let me move this thing where I can see. <laughs> uh, Endless Referrals by Bob Berg. Okay. And this flipped networking for me. I used to hate networking, but once I read just the first seven chapters here, then I understood and made it work. So you don't have to go door 
knocking door to door. <laughs> just read the first seven chapters of endless referrals. And I would say unequivocally, absolutely don't pay for leads because what happens is you're attracting the wrong market. We're looking for deals and discounts. If you don't serve them, show up, they leave you a nasty review. And that just compounds. Uh, instead, network so that you can get to the good leads, the A's and B's, and not necessarily the C's. And you will build a very successful business and do much better instead of getting trapped in those lead sources, which I sincerely believe are a racket. Why are they a racket? Well, they uh, reach out to you and they promise to sell you leads. And those who sign up for the leads are effectively funding the rackets SEO. And when they fund the rackets SEO, what happens to your URL? Drops. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're funding their SEO. Oh, it's a machine. Theirs. You can't even yeah. get up there on the... It's, it's way harder. I mean, mm -hmm. they have audited Thumbtack, yeah, Angie, yeah. SEO isn't as easy as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, uh, so moreover, not only do you fund theirs, but then you get trapped in these, all these leads that are coming in and then they take up all your time. They take up all your time because you're driving over every, driving all over God's green earth, trying to get to all these estimates. So they don't leave you a nasty review on whichever racket, right. um, that, that they're on, which creates more stress. Yeah. Uh, so no, this system is far less stress. Far less stress and a lot and more money, mm -hmm. a lot more money. And, you know, you get a lot more yeses, I'm sure, because people already feel like they know you before you get to the door. Yeah. So if I comment real quick, we um, once you hit network effect where referrals are referring referrals, customers are referring referrals and you're doing everything you can just to keep up. We were at my uh, before we sold, I was at an 84.5 percent close ratio and we were 20 percent above market rate. It's amazing. Amazing. I mean, it's because they, they knew who you were. They knew what you did. It was just a matter of you showing up. The no, <laughs> network effect. Yeah. Through networking. Really and, cool. and you're the, uh, a very system. big fan of BNI. I know, um, you know, I am rotary. I prefer rotary, you know, you? BNI, so BNI is the quick hit. That's the quick hit. If somebody's looking for some quick hands, quick hits, quick leads, I tell them BNI. There are good and bad groups, but my favorite of all of them are rotary, rotary number Can you one. Explain the difference. Cause I'm not a part of a rotary. Okay. Absolutely. So rotary is a service organization. And people come together not to trade leads, but to serve the community. And so they put on charity events, live speakers come in, they have lunches, you meet uh, weekly for lunch. And what happens is, is that, um, is that you end up meeting with all of the most successful people in your community who have a heart for caring for others. So talk about culture. Culture is very strong in Rotary. And once they get to know you and like you, you're in. It's, it's a no comp. Uh, market for you and wow. um yeah it's huge now i learned this one from the other book that uh, bob berg told me to read thou shall prosper like that yes so that was in thou here mm -hmm. and one last book maybe one last this is the first book that bob berg told me to read who's uh bob's my mentor and that's robert cialdini's influence this is the number one on sales and marketing book uh that i've ever read Influence. Um, the, I'm just want to read it out. Influence mm -hmm. the psychology of persuasion. Robert B. Cialdini. Cialdini. C i a l d i n i. Okay, looks like a good yeah. one. Yeah. It. Well, it's my experience. In my opinion, it is the best sales and marketing uh, book for the psychology of persuasion that I've ever read. And really? once once members and clients read it, they look at the DYB system again. I've got it on the wall here, and they go, "Oh, that's why this, that's and that's yeah. why that." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "That's it. Those are my, you know." That's where it all came together. So absolutely. Love it, man. Steve, you're a wealth of wisdom and knowledge, man. Thank you for putting yourself out on here for us to, to listen. I did drop a link in the comments. Uh, Steve uh, created a generous offer uh, through the link that I put down. You can join DYB for $1. So, uh, you know, I guess he dropped down the, uh, you know, there's really no barrier to entry. Uh, it's Mr. Tanner. Yeah. yeah. So it's, just, it's not out there. It's not anywhere else. No. So. Yeah. So put it. So it's in the comments. Just click the button, literally click it. You're going to have access to the DYB cafe with you, which you'll get instant results from. There's modules that you can learn from about the way that Steve runs and operate or ran and operate his business. I'm sure it's changing over time. I'm sure you're constantly changing it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I guess the coolest part is being part of the community. Uh, as you know, being a part of a $120,000 member painting contractor group, uh, you kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot there, but being in a, in a dialed in community with like-minded individuals, it's invaluable. Steve, thank you. And this again, Steve mentioned, this was the first podcast he's been invited on, which is crazy to me. So if you're a podcast host, well, first one I've come on, I've, I've agreed to. Yeah. Oh, like, agreed well, to. All right. Even, yeah. even, even better. So thank yeah, you. Well, so you're much doing a great job, Tanner. I appreciate your leadership. You, and it's just amazing what you're doing. It's fun watching you take 
thank you, so man. Well done. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything and hopefully we'll connect again sometime soon. Sounds good. My All pleasure. Right, Bye now. Hey, hey, thanks so much for checking out the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Stick around. I am going to drop in a short testimonial uh, that one of our awesome heavy hitters in Drip Jobs uh, had agreed to give out for us. So if you want to hear a little bit about how Drip Jobs is helping contractors, stick around uh, for the end of this episode and you can listen in. Real quick. What's going on, everyone? I'm here with Randy Smith, DuraPro. You may have heard of him if you listen to the podcast. He is someone that did a business breakthrough with me and is also a Drip Jobs user. I'm just going to start off, man. You know, you're doing this for me um, and Drip Jobs, of course. I just want to know raw thoughts about what the software's done for you. It, are you a fan? Um, do you hate it? Uh, what what do you <laughs> What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, I I absolutely love it. Um, definitely, what I was looking for in a software and a CRM, like before Drip Jobs, I had. I could, I couldn't even tell you how many different like softwares I was trying to use and manage to accomplish the same thing, um, and it was just a headache. And then yeah. now. Oh, just having the all-in-one is a big thing. And then from there, my, I mean, my favorite thing is really, I feel like it's just taking my sales process, you know, to the next level. Um, and as far as, you know, communication, the biggest thing is like the speed of communication. Yeah. Um, customers love, I mean, nowadays with Amazon and everything, yeah. like everyone wants things now. They're used um, to it. Yeah. So like, yeah. for example, yesterday I had, you know, someone fill out, see my Facebook ad, they filled out the request and it was at like 4.30 PM and I was leaving the job site and they, they said today worked. So it was like scheduled for 6 PM, drove over there and showed up. Mm, so it's that like quick. Yeah. Within an hour, you know, they've got an estimate in their hand on the spot. Um, That's powerful. So yeah, it's definitely taking the sales process to the next level, yeah. which is big. And, and I love the, the customer portal. Like it's just super professional and, you know, you can throw all the details in there. It looks really nice. Um, being able to present it on the iPad. Um, are you, so are you selling on the spot? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Man, I, I love yes. selling on the spot. I think it just. You're getting people to squiggle on the, on the, with their finger on the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it just makes your close rate go up, you know, having just drip jobs alone with, um, the ease, like the, how easy it is for them to sign with you, right? Mm -hmm. You got the iPad out, they can see everything. Um, they can put their credit card info, um, mm -hmm. which is, which is big. So that, that's probably my favorite part is just, you know, it gives me that confidence that I know, I feel like we're the most professional company um, compared crazy. to the competitors and you can kind mm -hmm. of sell your jobs for more. Um, you go you go into estimates, you know, with a different mindset, like knowing that, Hey, we're, we're going to be the best company or option for our target market. Um, yeah. and you just have that confidence. And, um, so that's wow. been one of my favorite parts of it. Um, then on the other end too, just, I love how I'm building up a pipeline. Um, and I'm not missing any leads. So obviously like, we're all busy with contractors, phones blowing up. It's sometimes it's tough to, to not miss leads, but with, with this, you know, it, everything's goes right into drip jobs into those cold leads. I don't have to worry about missing them and they're getting those follow-ups. Um, and it kind of is helping me prepare for, you know, the downturn because of, you know, right now it's like, Oh, everything's booming, you know, phones are ringing, but I know that that doesn't always last forever. So being able to prepare, um, have that pipeline of leads building up. So when you are yeah. slow, you can reference it. Yeah, exactly. Have you used the blast feature yet? I have not yet, but that's a good feature, dude. Every time I hit that blast feature, I get something, you know, yeah. and, and for those that are listening or watching that don't know what that is, what, what he's referring to in terms of the pipeline is like, you can have, you have a pipeline of every person that you've given a proposal to, or every new lead that has come through that maybe hasn't converted to an estimate. And all you got to do is hit one button and you can send out a message to just those people. So you can imagine if you have a hundred people that you've given proposals to that haven't told you yes or no, or haven't opted out of communication, right? You can just blast them a message and saying, Hey, just reaching out today we can give you 250 bucks off your proposal. And every time I've done that, 
I've gotten at least two or three jobs. So I use it sparingly, of course, when you need it, but it's just good to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, that, but I'll have to. That's huge. To I love, uh, I love what you said, man, because there's an interesting thing about what you said in terms of, um, well, number one, selling on the spot, right. Creating an experience, but you know, dude, when, when I made this, it was out of frustration, right? Great things come out of frustration because I know like you gotta have the full circle from the initial intake to the final goodbye. So, um, in terms of what your customers, like, how are they responding to the drips? Cause some people tell me, well, I don't want to follow up too much. Like, I think it's annoying or, you know, automated people think it's a robot. Like what is some of the feedback you've been getting in terms of like the responses people have when they get a drip email and it's like two weeks later or whatever. Yeah. I've, I've gotten only good feedback from it really. I mean, I'm sure it's annoyed a few people that, you know, ended up not being our customer anyways. Right. So it's like, Hey, you, you're never going to make anyone, everyone happy. Right. Um, but overall, I think people appreciate um, the communication, like in the trades in general, I've, have gotten a rap for, you know, not answering the phone, not getting back to people. So I think being able to showcase, Hey, we've got a system in place where, you know, we're organized, we're on top of it. Um, and we're communicating with you, you know, from the second you reach out to us all the way to wrapping up the job. Um, so I've, I've gotten good feedback from it for sure. Love it. That's huge, man. That's huge. So last question, bro. And again, thank you so much for your time. If you could let someone know who's on the fence, you know, and usually everyone's on the fence when it comes to new software, because everyone promises that it's going to solve their problem. You know, can you give them a piece of advice? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's a no brainer. Like, it is, has saved me shaved hours of workload off my week. Um, I guarantee that it's made me close way more jobs. Um, yeah. I feel way more organized, more professional. Yeah. It's just, especially at the price point, it's like, yeah. I mean, I would, I would spend a thousand dollars a month on it. You know, it's like, watch it. Yeah, yeah I know. I, <laughs> no, I appreciate the other thing. But no, I, I just have a lot of yeah. good things. Thank you, and And for you to take time out of your day, bro, it means the world, you know, yeah, you get a little gift, little gift bag, but it's like, dude, your time's valuable. It shows that you really care shows that we've done a good job as a company, giving you something that you rely on where you cannot think about what's going on in your business. You trust us. And we take that so seriously, man. So thank you, bro. You're killing it. Um, Me and you just discussed a business breakthrough. So if you guys want to go back and listen to Randy, what was it like five, six months ago? It was quite a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Had yeah. To be, um, yep. Yeah. How's business going? Good. Yeah. It's going, going great. Sounds good. Sure. Sounds good, man. Well, I look forward to chatting with you, brother. Thank you for your time. Get back to doing what you do best and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Sounds good.